Hi, Hi Sunshine. Sunshine. I'm Jazz. And I'm Jen. And we're Tequila, Tequila Lime, and, and Everything Crime. This week, Jen is going to be telling us a story, and I am so excited to hear what it is. Uh, what are you going to be telling us this week, Jen? Okay, so this week, um, I am going to be talking about the case of Julius Jones. Have you heard about it before? No, I haven't. So it kind of got a lot of attention because in the media, it shows him to be wrongfully convicted. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I found this actually through an Instagram petition, and it was really interesting. So I wanted to do more research, and I figured there's no better way than to go through the podcast and uh, give the story on here. Yeah, well, I'm excited to hear it. Thanks. Um, And also, um, if anyone else wants to do further research afterwards, there is a docu-series um, with executive producer Viola Davis. It's called The Last Defense, and I believe it's on ABC. Ooh, I love Viola Davis. How to Get Away with Murder, that's my show. Oh, I didn't know that was her. I, I know her from The Help. I love that movie. <laughs> um, okay, and also... Um, just a couple of sources. I got a lot of information from Wrongful Convictions with Jason Flum. It's a it's a podcast I highly recommend. You guys go listen afterwards. And abcnews.go. Um, that, that had a lot of good information as well. Let's get started. So this took place in July 28th, 1999, in a wealthy suburban neighborhood of Edmond, Oklahoma. So that summer night, insurance executive Paul Howell was coming to his parents' house with his sister, Megan Toby, and his two daughters after buying some school supplies. While getting off his car, he was shot twice and died. The shooter took his GMC Suburban. So it was like a car theft? Yeah, it was. Turned very, very wrong. The person who was ultimately pinned with all of this was Julius Jones. And a little bit about him. He was a champion high school basketball player. Um, His teachers loved him. And he was a great student. So great that he graduated top 10% of his class and went on to Oklahoma State University on an academic scholarship, which was a huge deal. That sounds like far from a criminal. Right, I know. You're you're trying to put together this this murder with with this person that I just described and it's really hard to do. Yeah, they don't match up. Mhm. So Julius was 19 at the time. Howell's sister, Megan Toby, was the only eyewitness. I didn't see anything about his two daughters, but I I'm hoping that they were inside the house at this point, or maybe, I'm not sure, out of sight. Well, they didn't witness it, so that's that's a good thing. That's, yeah, that's a silver lining, definitely. So, she described the shooter as an African-American male wearing a red bandana across his face and a stocking cap with an inch of hair sticking out from the bottom. And his face was covered with that red bandana, so she wasn't able to identify anybody. 
the investigators used informants who led them to Julius Jones and Chris Jordan. Two days after the shooting, the car was found parked at a grocery store. The store was a few blocks from a chop shop. What's a chop shop? So a chop shop, very good question because I didn't know what that was. It's, um, it's like a place where I guess it's for stolen cars where they are taken apart and they are sold for, for parts. Oh, wow. I think of like a butcher shop when I hear chop shop. That's what I thought too, but I thought I should probably look it up before I called it a butcher <laughs> shop. <laughs> All right. So, um, so that store that the car was found at was a few blocks from a chop shop. The police learned that Liddell King had tried to sell a Suburban at that chop shop. And who's Liddell King? So Liddell, not necessarily related to Julius or Chris in a specific way, but we'll see that he has motives. So Liddell told police that the night of the murder, Jordan and Jones came to his apartment. King was known to the police already for being involved in various car thefts. Oh, so he kind of was like... The go-to guy for selling stolen cars. Yeah, he was he was your go-to car theft guy. <laughs> he said that they asked for help to sell the stolen car, but he told them it was too risky with all the news and media around around the murder. So Chris. You'll remember Chris is uh, one of the guys that King had said was with Julius. Right. Okay. Chris testified that they were trying to steal a car together, but it was Julius who pulled the trigger. So essentially, Chris is just kind of there for the ride, but it was really Julius who, who had done the murdering. Okay, so Julius is basically the scapegoat, it sounds like. Yep, that's what it sounds like. And, I mean, having researched the whole thing, that's what it seems to be. So Chris was charged with felony murder, and Julius was charged with capital murder. And the difference between felony murder and capital murder is the intent, right? And so um, Julius got the shorter stick in that. Julius maintains that he never killed Howell. So Chris Jordan gave a confession that ultimately pinned the murder of Howell on Julius. However, there were lots of holes in his story. The major one being that Julius was at home that night. Um, Julius's family actually said that he was home all day of the 28th. The way that they knew each other, Chris and Julius, was that they were classmates. So they oh, knew each okay. other from high school. And um, in, on the ABC article that I had read, it said that they were, quote-unquote, acquaintances. But it says that Chris had actually spent the night at Julius's house the night after the shooting and the carjacking. Okay, so they may have actually been more than just acquaintances. Maybe. But... It seemed like Chris had told Julius a story about him being locked out of his grandmother's house and 
maybe it was just the case that Julius was kind enough to let him spend the night since he didn't really have anywhere else to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was the only night ever that he had spent the night. Julius slept on the downstairs couch and Chris slept in the upstairs bed. That night gave Chris the perfect opportunity to plant the murder weapon and bandana. Do you remember that red bandana the shooter was wearing across his face? Yes. Mm-hmm. The bed that Chris was staying in was upstairs. So he planted evidence? That's what it seems like because he, he had actually been in the police car giving detectives information about where they should be looking when the police were searching Julius's house. Which seems very... Suspicious. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So he um, admitted this to police that he planted it, and he actually admitted it to two informants later on. Um, At trial, the prosecutor... The prosecutors didn't object to Chris Jordan hiding the evidence in Julius's home, which is crazy, right? And you said Julius had an alibi and Chris admitted to planting the evidence. Yep. So how was he convicted? Julius was initially being represented by Barry Albert, who was known as an Oklahoma County legend. Unfortunately, he passed away before he had a chance to represent Julius. So Julius was left with a new defense team, one that was very unequipped to deal with his type of case because the lawyers on his team had not dealt with a capital murder trial before. And actually... One of the lawyers on the team, Robin Bruno, wrote a request for clemency because she felt that the lawyers had essentially failed Julius. And she even said that she regretted ever taking the job because she was right out of law school and very unprepared for this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And... So there was a lot of information that was left out of the case, which is so unfortunate because it just, it left Julius in this awful situation of being in prison for 20 years. So had his defense attorney not passed away, we could have had a completely different end result? Possibly. Um, However, it just seemed like there was a lot of things building up against Julius, there was jurors um, and, and actually the judge who had shown overt biases. So one juror was said to have used the N-word, saying that they should take the N out back, shoot him, and bury him under the jail. What? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so another juror had overheard this and asked to speak to the judge, asked the bailiff to speak to the judge. The judge said... They couldn't have known who the juror was speaking about. Could have been Osama bin Laden, for all they know. Right, because that's who's on trial. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's so ridiculous. And so it, you know, didn't lead anywhere. In a perfect world, that would have been an immediate dismissal. Mm-hmm, yep. It was several things, it seems like, that were that were just pushing against Julius. With the information that... 
Chris gave the police, um, Julius was arrested and charged with capital murder because they were able to find the the, the bandana wrapped around the the weapon at Julius's parents' house with the help of Chris. After this, prosecutor Bob Macy announced that he would be seeking the death penalty. Macy had previously sent 54 people to death row, some overturned and three actually exonerated, which kind of goes to show if there were some people who were exonerated, what does that say about Bob Macy? Yeah, definitely not a good track record. Mm-hmm. Vanessa Potkin, an attorney and executive producer of The Last Defense, had spoken to the faults of the justice system. So she said something along the lines of, unfortunately, the first person to be interrogated is the first person to get a deal. And let me guess, Chris was the first person to be interrogated. You guessed right. Yeah. So he served as the state's key witness and got 30 years, but only served 15 years and was released in 2014. While Julius is still in prison right now under solitary confinement. I am speechless. He had an alibi. It was admitted that the evidence was planted. And the person who, you know, just coincidentally has all of this information. And also, how did Chris have the bandana and the weapon? I don't know. Right. But wait, there's more. Um, so... The defense did not include information about the one-inch hair that Howell's sister had talked about. Remember when she had um, talked about the shooter? She said um, he was wearing a cap with one-inch hair sticking out. But um, there was actually a picture from before, like a week before the crime that shows Julius with his hair cut very short. It was like a it was a street it was street shot like a like a traffic camera. So that was a week before, right? But guess whose hair was longer than his? Chris. Yes. His hair um was in cornrows and it kind of stuck out on the sides. And yet he's the one walking out and not in prison. Right. And that was something that the defense did not include. Which is so upsetting. And do you know if he has applied for any appeals due to maybe ineffective counsel? So Julius's team has filed for several motions for appeals. However, in 2016, the Supreme Court denied to reveal to review um, the appeal and others. Oh, that is so unfortunate because they can't even bring all this evidence that was left out to the surface unless he gets approved for an appeal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it just gets more upsetting the more you hear yeah. about it. Yeah. Especially because everything points away from Julius and directly to Chris. Yeah, yeah. And Chris, Chris Jordan... He was suspected to be a gang member, so not not a, you know, high member of society. Yeah, more of what you think of when you think of a murderer. Yep. 
And Julius, I mean, he was a college student. He was on a scholarship, on, on an academic scholarship. You know? Right, which isn't to say that college students can't commit crimes. Of course. But obviously he's hardworking and is focused on his future. So I can't imagine that he would be willing to throw that all away to steal a car. Yeah, I mean, he. I think that's a good point that you bring up. He definitely had a lot to lose, you know? He's trying to make his family proud. And actually, now that you mention it, he, he did actually get into some trouble committing some petty theft, but nothing like murder. So he was young and wanted some money, so he got into this awful habit of shoplifting, um, small things like pagers, things that could be sold. Mm, so devil's advocate, I guess you could kind of say that maybe he was escalating into car theft for money. Possibly. Yeah. Um, but he had spoken to that about his, about the, the petty theft. And he said, you know, that he, that he feels remorse for it and that it was wrong but that it doesn't make him a murderer. Which, good point, it doesn't. Yep, yeah, agreed. Uh, King and, and Jordan, so King, as you'll remember, was um, the, the car theft guy. The expert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so King and Jordan both had incentives for pinning it on Julius. So, so Liddell King had felony charges against him, and it wasn't included by the defense, by the way, of course. <laughs> Um, it was check fraud um, that meant that he was facing 20 years because he had three strikes already. And do you know if maybe uh, law enforcement used that as leverage to get him to give up information? It definitely seems like it was that way, um, that he, that they had a narrative that they wanted to, to give and Liddell could fit into that. Right. So as Julius sits in solitary confinement, 23 hours a day at the Oklahoma State Penitentiary, his family and many others are fighting for his release, including Kim Kardashian, actually. Kim Kardashian? Yep. She was actually on the Wrongful Convictions uh, podcast that I was listening to, and she's very passionate about uh, this case and, and many others, very much against state executions which I'm kind of with her on that one I mean it's it's a tough one but um yeah she feels very strongly about uh Julius Jones and has brought a lot of attention to his case oh my gosh I mean he's in solitary confinement he's in prison on death row and Chris is not my heart he's free oh my gosh yeah. His sister, Antoinette, she pleads for people to realize that Julius is a human and and a very good one. One who cares about protecting others rather than hurting them. He is loyal, caring, and a fun-loving person. His mother, Madeline, says that he would hurt himself before he hurts others and says to the parole board to take careful consideration of Julius's case, asking for justice. And you said there's a petition out there? 
for Julia? Yes, there is. It's on change.org. And I mean, honestly, it just, if you type in Julius Jones, um, innocence, it'll come up on Google. It'll probably be the first thing that comes up. It's got a lot of, of signatures already. It's just so sad, though, that it hasn't brought about any change for him because he is currently still on death row. Hopefully, someday soon, he'll be able to have justice served. Yeah, and I think we're all hoping that. And it's so sad because it does take away from Howell's murder because obviously his family doesn't have justice either if the wrong man is imprisoned. That was the story. Please, guys, do your do your own research and go sign the petition. I highly recommend the podcast "Wrongful Convictions" with Jason Flum. It's very good, and it has Julius's mother and sister speaking on it. And it's just it's something else to hear his family speaking about it because you can hear it coming from me, but it's not the same. So, go check it out. I am definitely going to look into that petition after this. I can't believe that he is serving time for something that very obviously points in a completely different direction. And, wow, I feel very compelled to to try to do something about this now. I know. Yeah, and I mean, I hope hope our listeners are too. (laughs) Yes, if you guys feel passionate about this, if it... It makes you uneasy. Go on and sign that petition. It's something to help. Yeah. Something you can do to, you know, make a change. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again this week. We are so glad to be doing this. We look forward to being back next week with more stories for you. I hope you guys like it. Uh, Please rate and subscribe. Download our episodes. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram at Tequila Lime Crime. Send us any recommendations, any corrections, any suggestions. Um, We're here and we want to listen to you guys. All right. Bye, guys.